Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday the 24th of September. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. If you need to, you can pause the PowerPoint slide here, read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast, head on over to our website, www.marcustoday.com.au and you can read the disclaimer there. And if you're not a member of this wonderful community already, you can sign up for a two-week free trial on the website as well. All right, well, last night we saw a big rally in the U.S. markets. Bad is good, apparently, now, and we saw the U.S. uh, 10-year yields rising to 1.43%, usually enough to instill a bit of a taper tantrum into the market, but not so at the moment. Market very much breathing a sigh of relief with the Evergrande situation seeming to be slightly diminished in terms of uh, the risks out there, at least in the short term. So the market celebrated in fine style and took the, the good news from the Fed in terms of the economy being self-supporting and being able to take some of that taper away sooner and raise rates sooner as well. So the market took that in a very, very optimistic light last night. The Dow Jones closing up 1.48%, 507 points to 34,765 rather. Uh, The Nasdaq up 1.04%, 155 points, busting through the 15,000 level to 15,052. The S&P 500 in the middle for diddle as usual, 1.21% to the good, 53 points or 44.49, 4,449. The SPY went, you know what, we're not that impressed and was up only eight points. But we did have a pretty good day yesterday. Uh, We did see Dow futures up relatively strongly yesterday in our time zone. And there may be a little bit of caution going into the weekend and some wait to see what the fallout is from Evergrande in Hong Kong and China. But it does seem as if it's becoming a little bit less of a risk. So maybe we'll be able to build on those eight points as we go ahead. The VIX index in the US, of course, uh, falling down 10.7% on the back of the bullishness in the US market. Uh, That range of 16 to 22 looks as if it's holding pretty firm now, although we did get a a short-term blowout. Commodities, though, we saw oil hitting uh, 77.25 in Brent crude, up 1.39%. WTI, 73.30%. Up a dollar seven to one point four eight percent gain last night. So a pretty good day all round for energy stocks, and would expect that to flow through to the Santos and the Woodsides and the beaches, etc. of this world. One casualty last night of all this bullishness was the gold price, which came under pressure, and that's kind of what you would expect, especially when we see US 10-year yields hitting 1.43% and the US dollar sucking in money again, uh, you would expect to see the gold price come off. It was down 1.63%, $29 to 17.4980. So that is maybe a sign that... Things are getting slightly back to normal and the risk appetite returns. Iron ore up at 1.26%, $1.35 to 108.90. And the Aussie dollar under a little bit of pressure, 72.92 there. Uh, as far as other commodities go last night, copper, unfortunately, not doing quite so well, down 0.37%. Nickel up 1.6%. Aluminium up 0.4%. Zinc up 1.7%. Lead up 05 
tin up 1.2%. And we saw the coal price also doing well last night, up another 3.8%. And uranium, we already talked about that in previous podcasts, up 14% on the week, back to $50 a pound. So looking pretty good there. Here you can see the S&P 500 had the big burst out of the blocks and then really didn't do much for the rest of the day, meandering around, closing a little bit drifty-offy, but um, at the moment not looking too bad at all. I guess all eyes still on Asian time zone trading with Evergrande very much still in focus. Yesterday was the crunch day for that interest payment, but uh, there are reports they've stopped paying staff and various other things, so we're certainly not necessarily out of the woods but I have to say the Lehman moment that uh, it presented Evergrande was very much not a Lehman moment, not even a Minsky moment, not even an LTCM moment. As far as major stories go, last night around the traps, uh, Powell saying that tapering could start soon and end around mid-2022. And the Biden huddles down with the Dems as divisions threaten his agenda. Uh, the PBOC pumped $17 billion into the financial system on Thursday. That was the most in eight months. And it has urged Evergrande to avoid default. Well, duh. Uh, repay in retail investors. And Evergrande's EV unit has stopped paying staff and factory suppliers. And uh, we have seen overnight uh, the Chinese foreign envoy to the UN calling China a democracy, which was an interesting move. Uh, the PMI shows supply shortages causing Eurozone economic activity to ease down, and it also highlights US slow growth and rising inflation. Never a good combo. Uh, JP Morgan strategists say Monday's huge ETF outflows show buy the dip mantra is at risk. Having said that, it rallied 500 points last night, so there we go. FDA backs Pfizer COVID boosters for seniors and high-risk individuals. As far as what's on today, nothing out today, our time economically. I think we may see some more bank chiefs in front of the Zoom camera uh, for Canberra. Uh, we saw ANZ and uh, CBA. Matt Common was uh, chatting away on Zoom to the, uh, to the government yesterday. Uh, but today we get Japanese August CPI. I know we're all busting to see that one. September Nikkei Manufacturing and Services PMI as well. Nikkei, uh, the Tokyo market, going absolutely nuts at the moment. And they do have uh, a change in Prime Minister coming as well. Overnight, the Bank of England said the case for high interest rates appeared to have strengthened after it nudged up inflation forecasts for the year. And those US 10-year yields up 13 basis points was a really big night for uh, for the yields in the US, 1.43%, which is a big diversion. We had seen it around 1.30, Australia around 1.30 as well. Now Australia 1.26 and Germany uh, negative 26.26 there. In terms of the movements and shakers, in overseas stocks. We had Tesla up 0.2, Apple up 0.7, Amazon 1.1 to the good, Facebook up 0.8, Square, it's hip to be 2.2% to the good, but the metals company, which uh, we'll probably stop talking about too much, which has import for Cadence, down another 21%. That's pretty much halved now since it listed. Global steel output shrank 1.4% year on year in August. Uh, World Steel reported in its latest monthly update and Chinese daily production fell by 4.1% month on month in August. 
General Electric has announced a 1.45 billion US cash deal to acquire an ultrasound company. Why is that important? Well, I guess we have a whole bunch of medical imaging companies in Australia, so that will have some valuation look-throughs in terms of how much they are worth to an acquirer. BK Medical is the business they have acquired. And the most traded uh, January coking coal contract on China's Dalian Commodity Exchange rose by as much as 7.7% yesterday. Pretty good rise there. In company news this morning, not much out. It's a Friday. We don't seem to get too much out. IMC has planned an acquisition of an R&D vaccine company. Poseidon Nickel, Marcus will be reading through this one. Uh, the annual report is out. And APA has asked the takeover panel to convene and make a ruling on access for the Oznet bid, which it has lobbed and is upset that Brookfield is getting not only an exclusivity period, but also an exclusivity period of eight weeks, which it doesn't think is fair and reasonable. And Energy Australia has said it's going to be quitting coal-fired power earlier than expected with the closure of the Mount Piper power station. And RIP John Elliott, last of his kind, one of those colourful 80s stock market characters, uh, died yesterday, aged 79. Question of the day today. We're seeing a lot of companies being under threat at the moment. So which company is the next takeover target? Which do you think is the next cab off the rank for takeovers? We've got three big ones in infrastructure at the moment, and there's certainly plenty of action out there. I've written a piece today on Sandfire Resources, which has made a company transformation uh, acquisition in Spain with the Matza project, which is a copper and polymetallic project there. So I've written an article today on Sandfire and the attractions there and the possible re-rating post this deal. It is a big deal. It will double the size of the company, not without risks. But which company do you think is the next takeover target? That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. Head on over to the Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas, and insights over there. It is a great group. Members helping members is the motto there. And if you're listening to this on a podcast or watching this on Vimeo and you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, got to say, why not? It's a fantastic community. We'd love to have you on board. You can head on over to our website, www.marcustoday.com.au and sign up for a free trial and I assure you, you won't regret it. That's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening and have a great weekend.